0: And we are less than 30 minutes away from the start of the NBA season, Tristan Craig McDash. A game seven in the NLCS. A lot going on. Oh yeah, there's also hockey. Right yeah, there you go, Scott. We got some hockey for you there. But... Yeah, you know we got some hockey. I don't even know
1: what <laughs> hockey teams are playing. Capitals and
0: and, uh, and um uh, and Maple Leafs are playing right See now. That? Actually, yep. So we got Looks that. Looks
1: like we got the Canadians in 22 go. minutes against the go. against the Devils. See,
0: you got a whole list. We're good.
1: I don't know if you saw this thing uh, where it was where it was LeBron James talking about National Tight End Day and somebody, he was just naming tight ends. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, you know, it's National Tight End Day, you got, uh, you got George Kittle, gotta love him, he's a beast. And he's just literally just saying names. <laughs> And uh, and then he's like, yeah, but I'm not even looking at the names of the tight ends. I'm looking at this NFL squ- schedule, you know, and also David Njoku. There's, it was a whole thing. That's like me. No,
0: I need to see this, though. because oh, that is so funny. That's the, like, I got to fill time somehow, so let me just show that's all the me names I can like, like, name off the top That's of my me head. being
1: like, and then you got the Minnesota <laughs> Wild going up against the Oilers at 908. The Preds, you know us, and we love our Preds, you know? that's like That's what made me think about it.
0: <laughs> well, Listen, you know what? <laughs> All of those are facts. All those teams are actually playing tonight. I do that on my hit tonight. sometimes
1: where I'm buying time because my – app or my phone or my laptop uh, yeah. won't load and I'm like odds 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 and I'm like what do you think about the uh, Memphis Grizzlies win total now that Steven Adams is out for the year and I was like you know the Memphis Grizzlies they're a really interesting team big blow Steven Adams I'm like refresh refresh
0: you know at the same time though if you're doing a, a, a hit like that they should also say what the win total is you expect yeah. that everybody has every single thing memorized off, like on the top of their head, it's ridiculous.
1: I stopped doing one hit, um, and I loved them. They were awesome in mm-hmm. Rochester. I stopped doing it because I would call it the quiz show. They'd quiz me on anything under the sun. Oh, I, can't. I had to just know. TK had to just know what was up about every sport on any day, and it was it was very overwhelming.
0: Yeah, there's there are things that we have that we like for a night, for a weekend, whether it's a bet or whatever but you don't have every single thing memorized and you're not going to have an opinion on every single game like Memphis baseball or something you know like you know like it's just Anyway, I, I'm with you. I think that's that's that gets a little ridiculous. But we do have the NBA tonight. You excited? We got Lakers. We got Nuggets. It's it's ring night. It's banner night for the Denver Nuggets, something I thought we'd probably never say, and now here we are. The Denver Nuggets are the defending NBA champions. I can't wait for this game tonight, because this feels like, like we don't have a ton of rivalries right now in the NBA. Player movement's really killed it. But you know what's brought this into a rivalry zone if it continues? Mike Malone talking oh, smack Mike about Malone. LeBron James. Malone, I love chains. it. Love it, Trista. He's
1: like, I love how when we wax that ass, he just decides he's going to talk about retiring at his press conference. And LeBron's like, oh, I thought that – oh, they want to talk about us? Okay, season's over. Blah, blah, blah. We heard all that smack. They were talking, and the <laughs> Nuggets are like, what smack? We weren't saying anything about you. So, yeah, now that they go back to Denver, they're getting their rings – I really like the Lakers. Me in too. This spot. Me too. I got them at five and a half. I feel a little uncomfortable with the four and a half. I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers win that game outright. Plus one sixty-five now on the money line. Not because the the Nuggets weren't you know dominant in those four games that they swept the Lakers, mm-hmm. and they were, and they they beat the Lakers in all of those four occasions by more than four and a half points, by more than five points. Right. So you can say they're capable of it, but. The championship hangover is a real thing, especially when your leading scorer really doesn't want to play basketball. He just wants to go back to Serbia and do his thing and (laughs) hang out with his horses. And, you know, who knows? Jamal Murray last year started slow, very slow. So I I can see a world where the Nuggets aren't nearly as competitive as they could be when they're super fired up. That being said, I do have a prop parlay that I want to give out. It is... A grand total of 25 to 1 for three legs. So, baby, I feel good about it. It is KCP eight points or more. Mm -hmm. KCP in this series uh, against the Lakers had three out of the four games where he went absolutely bananas. 15, 17, 19 points. Had one clunker. I think he had seven or nine points in that fourth game. But for KCP, I think that's an automatic for him. There's a good shot that he could have 15 points, especially up against his former team, the Lakers. Then Nikola Jokic, he's an assist machine. I think he had, in three of the four games that they played against the Lakers, uh, like 14 assists, 13 assists, 12 assists. So he just needs 10 or more assists. And then MPJ... There's where it gets aggressive. MPJ 10 rebounds, that's the one I feel the least good about. But again, in 3 out of the 4 games mm-hmm. against the Lakers, he had 10 rebounds on the nose. That's 25 to 1. I would encourage you to take K- uh Michael Porter Jr. on maybe 7 rebounds, maybe in the second second parlay cuz that gives you like 7 to 1. But I really like those three legs. I like that a lot, uh, and I would encourage those to tail me on it.
0: A couple for me. I, I took the Lakers at plus five. Uh, I it. wish I could have gotten the five and a half. I'm with you, though, on the four and a half. It's a little bit starting to get a little dicey at that point. But the, the big thing for me is that, and we're seeing them now, they're kind of showing everything going on in the arena. It's banner night, and it's ring night. And what happens to a lot of those teams is they come out flat. There's Sam
1: Cron- or Stan Kroenke.
0: There mustache looks great, by the way.
1: He's a winner. All of his teams, you know, all they do. Yeah. They just win. Yeah. Rams win.
0: Good ownership Abs. does matter. It's amazing what if you have if you got win. somebody at the very top that understands how to build a winner, you see the results. And we yeah, we've seen it with him. But I will say that I think the Nuggets could come out a bit slow tonight. Yep. They could come out a bit stagnant. You celebrate and you got the title. You know, you're feeling good and the Lakers are pissed. Like don't make no mistake about it. The Lakers had a strong offseason and they're coming into this game with something to prove. Now I did see today, I think it was something on Twitter, it was some headline, so I know this is stupid, saying, is it a must win for the Lakers tonight? Let's pump the brakes. It's oh 82 games. It's, day, it's night one. Like, are we doing that? Chill the hell out. Uh, yes, people are. What? I don't remember where it was, so I can't rip who it was. The it,
1: longer we're in this business, the more uh, of that stuff makes me just absolutely cringe. I
0: mean, it's, it's, it's utter <sighs> utterly ridiculous. I'm like, I see what you're
1: doing. You're in the content game. I see you're podding.
0: But here's what I will say it is still a statement game right off the bat for For the Lakers, and it it matters to start the season off with this now if they lose it's not going to be the end of the world in february we're not going to be constantly talking about the lakers losing at denver the opening night of the nba season but if they do win it does at least give you a little more confidence in a team that got worked in the playoffs by this nuggets team but had a really good off season and you know had their feelings hurt i mean you mentioned mike malone and what he said and all the stuff about lebron retiring and them talking about really just kind of making fun of the lakers and i love it because that's how rivalries start. I think these are two very good teams. The Lakers have a chance to dethrone the Nuggets in the West this year. They're a very good team. And this is going to be sort of that statement moment here now. But look, they're doing this intro now. Takes forever. Mike Malone, Calvin Booth, the general managers out there. Everybody's got to shake Commissioner's hand, go through this. Here's the banner, blah, blah, blah. And it takes forever. Meanwhile, the Lakers are sitting back in the locker room just waiting, waiting to get out here and just run them off the court. So I do like the Lakers in this. There was also a boost out there. It was Jokic and LeBron each with 20-plus points at even money. So I was like, yeah, 20 points, even money, I'll go ahead and take that. So a couple of those are out there to start. Just some dabbling in the NBA to get going.
1: I can't wait uh, for us to talk to Chris Miles because there's a lot of people talking a lot of smack Mm -hmm. about the Nuggets right now. Uh, It's like one player. You know, one apple, don't spoil the whole bunch. A lot of people feel like Bruce Brown was like this linchpin mm-hmm. of, of the Nuggets team, and that without him, they are just absolutely lost. Their bench is terrible. It's just baffling to me. It's baffling.
0: Do you think the Nuggets got worse this offseason? For like, sure. Because they yeah. didn't really add anybody and lose Bruce Brown. I can't say they got better.
1: Well, I know that they really like some of these young guys that they mm-hmm. drafted. Losing Bruce Brown hurts for yeah. sure. I mean, you you had him for on the cheap, and then he ended up getting paid by Indiana. They certainly got certainly worse. But is it bad enough? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it is it a negative enough where all of a sudden you say they have no bench? I mean, they lose Jeff Green as well. Right. So,
0: But Uncle Jeff's played for like 100 teams. Yeah, he So, is. you know, he's, he's bounced around quite a bit. He he spends a year in a city and then he's like, I'm going to go someplace new now. I'm just gonna. It's like he just goes on this NBA tour around a bunch of different teams and just moves his way around. But, uh, yeah, look, the Nuggets still have certainly there, – there is plenty of young talent on that roster – I just you do worry a little bit about the depth and what you're going to get from some of the guys coming off of that bench, but yeah, I, I I'm telling you, I I absolutely love this Lakers team this year, and it's amazing how much that's changed just since the trade deadline alone, right? I mean, you you look at them and go, none of the pieces fit. Russell Westbrook made no sense. Everybody kind of knew it didn't make sense, and then you go through. The trade deadline, and then this offseason, you lock up Austin Reeves for, I mean, really... Nothing. Nothing. I mean, that might have been the steal of the NBA offseason, maybe over the last few years in terms of, you know, great contracts. You keep D'Angelo Russell, which was fine. The Kyrie thing wasn't going to happen. We like to throw that around, but there was no way financially that can make any sense. You add Gabe Vincent, so you're adding shooting, you're adding depth at the guard position there. You know, Torian Prince comes over, you keep Hachimura. Christian Wood, you get for almost nothing. I know he probably lasts a year, they'll get sick of him, it seems to be the case. Everywhere he goes, but you are. Adding a talent it's going to get you what, like eighteen and well, maybe not here, but he's you know a guy that can get eighteen and seven. Uh, Jackson Hayes at least gives you some level of depth. I'm not going to name everybody because then I would just be LeBron naming a bunch exactly. of names. But like, doesn't it feel though like the Lakers really had they finally had some level of intention? for their roster they they went out and added shooting they went out and added some defense and you know jared vanderbilt brings a lot to the table we saw that in the playoffs last year against this nuggets team even
1: i love vando yeah and i think a lot of this will hinge on what kind of player d'angelo russell ends up being Mm -hmm. d'angelo russell wants to be a playmaking guard and if that's him then they're going to be really really good he can shoot we know that he can fill it up his defense has never been elite but Gabe vincent can defend as a heat player yeah. You've got Jalen Hood-Shafino, who I like, uh, out of Indiana too. There's just I would call it a uh, wingspan. There's athleticism. There's very high upside. You've got um, my man Jackson Hayes, who I, I kind of like as like a backup backup center. Mm-hmm. I think he can get you some minutes. I really like Torian Prince. And you talked about Rui Hachimura. He played excellent in the playoffs. If he can yes. be who he was in the playoffs in the regular season. It is going to be scary. Rui will take Jared Vanderbilt's spot permanently, and Jared Vanderbilt will be coming off the bench and not Rui.
0: You know who we forgot to mention, too? Even Cam Reddish. Yep. He looked good in Portland towards the end of last year. He's a guy that has a lot of – like, there's a lot of talent there. He just can't seem to stick to one roster. You see the potential.
1: He's got an attitude problem. Yeah,
0: and that – so he bounces around just like Christian Wood. which that's an interesting thing to think about. you got a couple of young potential – not locker room cancers. I'm not going to go that far, but – a couple of young guys that maybe think they're—they're they're
1: filling themselves. They they're yeah, s- more than what they own, are, smelling their own poop. You know yeah. what I mean? They feel like they're filling themselves. Cam Reddish was considered to be the best Duke player in that class, and oh, that he was with so Zion good. and RJ Barrett. So yep. Cam Reddish feels like he's that guy, and I think nothing will humble you more than playing with LeBron James.
0: That's that is a good point.
1: You know, you're yep. gonna straighten up with yep. LeBron James and Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham will pop you in your mouth if you get out of line. So. I love Darvin Ham. I think Darvin Ham has a legit shot to win coach of the year.
0: If the Lakers have a top 2 seed in the West, maybe even top 3, yeah, yeah he's going to get some votes. Also yep. being the coach of the Lakers helps with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, like, Means saw saw Frank Vogel win it. So.
0: Yeah. Uh Toronto's up 2 nothing on the Capitals by the way. Damn it. Damn it. My Capitals suck this year. Do you really care we, about them? Uh enough to see want to see them win, but they're yeah. not going to be very good this year. That this team is aged out. Three, oh my three god, the minute I talk it's now 3 nothing Toronto. Wow. Well, that's it. Season's over. That's fine. Thank it's God like I'm not covering ring. that team anymore, it's Scott. Like a be... question, Trista, for yes. you. Was tonight a must-win for the Washington Capitals? <laughs> you know, I feel like the is
1: now over for the Capitals. You, <laughs> you know? know
0: what? It actually might be. Thank I God. Think, I not. think
1: Nick is out. Oh. Nick's out on game one.
0: I'll be honest. I'm just glad I'm not covering that team anymore because covering a losing hockey team, Uh, I'd rather get a root canal Uh, than do that. That's for damn sure.
1: Those rings are showing the Denver Nuggets rings. Stan Kroenke's giving it to them. Wow. They are blinging. All gold and diamonds.
0: You got to top it every year, right?
1: Have to. You got to top it every year.
0: Do you have anything in the uh, NLCS tonight?
1: I decided I'm going to do everyone a favor, Uh and I'm going (laughs) to stay away from that game. I took the Houston Astros last night on the money line and I thought that at -130 was a yep. was a delicious bet. I thought, okay, how could the Astros miss the World Series against yep. a Rangers team that is very obviously fake? And the Rangers decided to pour on what was it? 11 11 runs. Uh it was runs. it was
0: a complete embarrassment for the Astros. And it
1: was immediate too. It was I knew oh. the bet was dead as soon as I took it. I probably should have cashed out when it was 4 to 2 and they gave me half of my money back in a <laughs> cash out and I said no shot. I'm going well, to continue yeah, to ride like it's it it's
0: fair, right? I mean, we've seen the Astros keep themselves in games with their bats and that's the same thing that we've got with the Phillies tonight. It should shock nobody that uh the most bet player props are Bryce Harper home run at plus 310, Harper over half a walk at minus 105 and Kyle Schwarber home run plus 225. I mean, that that that's what will keep them in a game even if they're down 2-3 nothing early on to the Diamondbacks tonight. Uh that I I just don't want to see the Diamondbacks in the World Series. I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. Diamondbacks, Rangers, I'm completely uninterested in it. Don't care. Don't care at all. I want to see some level of star power. As much as I hate to admit it, Scott's damn Phillies are fun to watch, and I've got to watch them. clutch right, who can we trust in the NFC South we're gonna ask Scott Reynolds next
1: let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight
0: on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM week 8 of the NFL season here I hate to do this but I am gonna do it I can't believe it's week 8 already Scott Exactly. i got to find that clip somewhere. Have you ever seen it? The Mike yes. Francesa? It's mm-hmm. And it's so true. We all do that. Every single week, you can't believe that you're – but like, we are getting the point where we are right around halfway through the NFL season. It does fly by. That's why that commercial that they have out there where it's like, soon a, what, a cold night in Buffalo for a yes. Bills game will just be a cold night in Buffalo. Exactly. Baseball is winning on the BetQL Network with Bet
2: for the Cycle featuring Cody Decker. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player turned professional smartass on the radio, and handicapper Rob Brown couldn't hit a baseball off a high school pitcher. That's why I played soccer. Double plays, props, and parlays. Not only Blue Jays run line here, Cody. I might tease it up to an alternate run line of minus two and a half. Join the chaos every Saturday from noon to four Eastern. Can you explain to me how these are the same odds? Can someone please <laughs> explain to me how these are the same, <laughs> same That's exactly odds? Exactly what I was I've looked say. at this over and over and over again. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.
0: I have so many hot takes just off of this here. Well, let them let them rip a little bit. What's what's like the first one? It is going to be absolutely awesome. Remove the one seed. Remove the two seed. Who are they supposed to lose to? You know what? Corpus to dribble it out. You lost. it. I mean, you know, it's. It is very, very true. Speaking of the Buffalo, uh, well, they actually have host Thursday night football this week against the Tampa Bay Bucks. We bring on Scott Reynolds, who joins us now from the Pewter Report, and let's let's just look big picture at, at, at that game and really where the the Bucks are right now, Scott, because it's interesting. They're eight and a half point dogs at Buffalo against a Bills team that's looked far from impressive over the last couple of weeks. I understand that Tampa obviously lost on a last second field goal to the Falcons over the weekend, but I think overall, watching this Tampa team, they've been very impressive. I would say, from the outside looking in, they've even exceeded expectations this year. Where are you on what you've seen from the Bucks so far?
2: Yeah, they're right about where I expected them to be. The, the offense is a work in progress. The Bucks defense, with Todd Bowles being the head coach, so many returning starters there from even the Super Bowl team, right? Shaq Barrett, Devin White, Ant field Jr., Levante David, you know, the, the Bita Vea. Um, the defense has had to wear the Superman cape this year and and really they've played at a superhero level in terms of scoring defense only allowing 17 points per game that should get you enough wins in the NFL to make the playoffs but this offense has just been slow to come around and I think part of the reason why is no excuses but reasons they've been playing some really good defenses right The Philadelphia Eagles De- Detroit Lions the Atlanta Falcons all three of those teams have have top 10 rushing defenses and that's really stymied the Buccaneers as they're trying to transition to this Dave Canales, Seattle Seahawks-type running game. The Bucks ranked last last year in rushing offense. He was sent here to improve the running game. It hasn't happened yet because they ran into a buzzsaw just about every other week. But I think there's some opportunity this week with Buffalo's run defense being 31st ranked in the league. They'll have a chance to maybe have some more balance and help Baker Mayfield out with with a little bit more of a, of a, you know, of an even keeled approach to to offense, running the ball and passing it. Last week, it was mostly passing the ball, and it wasn't up to snuff against the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I'm curious about that run off, r- rushing offense, because Rashad White has been not the type of player. I think that maybe.
0: Are you ready, sir? Start
1: your engines. Let's go.
2: Astros money line versus the Marlins. Johnny. The perimeter runs haven't been there for this team and it's it's either you know the interior doesn't do their job on one play the tight ends miss a block on the next or the running back misses the hole and, and doesn't have the right read so it's just kind of been a domino effect if it's not one thing it's another and uh, they don't really have a running back that either has explosiveness and that instant acceleration um, or a guy that can break tackles like you know Javante Williams in Denver for example But Chase Edmonds coming off by injured reserve, he's probably the quickest, most explosive back. So uh, the problem is he's been hurt. He missed time in the OTAs. He missed time in the preseason. He's missed four games the regular season. If he can stay healthy, he can add some make-you-miss instant acceleration to this offense.
0: So, yeah, Tampa's an eight and a half point dog at Buffalo Thursday night. What does Tampa need to do in this game, not even just to win outright, but just even to keep this close and cover?
2: Really, they have to get off to a fast start. Tampa has just been kind of a notoriously slow starting team on offense and defense. And I think if they can just get to the point where they can get seven points on the board, get an early lead, I think it changes the the dynamic of, of how they play offense and defense. It's just that they've kind of been either even or they've been trailing to start games. And it's just been a little bit of a dogfight. Really the only kind of blowout win they've had was in new orleans they won 26 to 9 in new orleans the two previous wins when week one and week two they had to come from behind to beat the vikings on the road and then in week two that bears game was was closer than the score indicates it was a three-point game and so shaq barrett's pick six made it a 10-point affair um, in the last two minutes of the game so just getting an early lead i think would do wonders for this buccaneer team you know, there might, there might be some road mojo here. They're 2-0 on the road. They're 1-3 and at home, believe it or not. So maybe going on the road is some of the tonic they need to end this two-game losing streak.
1: Yeah, and the Bills look like a, a team that's kind of down bad on a short week, a bunch of injuries. It's definitely a spot where I could see Tampa being live at least to cover as dogs. I want to get your thoughts on Baker Mayfield because... You end up, yeah. you've, you've been covering the Buccaneers for decades. You see what it's like to have a quarterback, the greatest quarterback ever, and how he yeah. leads a team And Tom Brady. And now Baker Mayfield comes in. And at first, we were getting a lot of rumors that Mike Evans wanted to be traded. He didn't want to be on this team anymore. And now it looks like not only Mike Evans does not want to be traded, but Baker Mayfield has sort of resurrected his career. Can you sort of compare and contrast the styles of leadership Uh, Between Tom Brady and Baker, and and why Baker's teammates seem to love him so much?
2: Yeah, I think um, uh, the the Mike Evans rumors really weren't true. Evans wants to stay a Buccaneer. He loves Tampa. Um, He's got a home here. His other homes in Galveston. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to retire as a Buccaneer. So I I think that was just some media conjecture. Um, uh, You know, ultimately we'll see if that ends up happening. I think Mike hits free agency and the Buccaneers see you know at age 30 what his market value truly is. Um, they, they've done that last couple of years, Levante, David, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis. They've all hit free agency, and they've all re-signed with the Buccaneers as a result. So um, I would expect the, the Buccaneers to, to see what that value is for Mike Evans and, and want to re-sign him, but they're not going to be a better team without him, that's for sure. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, he signed a one-year, $4 million kind of approve-it deal in Tampa. And you know what? Um, the, the inside scoop is this is a guy who in in OTAs, right, when you come out in the field and you do like the the calisthenics and the, and the the jogs, the warm-ups, those types of things, instead of being with the other white jerseys on the offensive side, running with the offensive line, the backs and receivers, Baker Mayfield was, was next to B. Vea and Levante David. He was with the red jerseys. He was over there ingratiating himself with the defensive players, right? And then training camp, uh, when they had the, the training camp roommate assignments, uh, all the players were, were in there with, with quads where they had, you know, four room, three roommates um, and, and then like a living area. You know, his, his roommates weren't wide receivers or the other quarterbacks. It was Tristan Wirfs mm-hmm. and Luke Gedeke and Robert Hainsey. who was the offensive lineman. So Baker Mayfield's a guy who is, who is a guy. He's one of the guys whether it's the defensive lineman or the offensive lineman. He just has seamlessly worked himself in there, and he fancies himself as a football player, and he's quickly earned the respect of not just the offensive line, not just the offensive players, but the team as a whole, the defensive players. They like how he runs for extra yardage. He sticks his nose in there on third and short quarterback sneaks. He does the dirty work, and I think that that's really what won him over with this Buccaneer team.
0: So, Scott, I'm looking at the odds now to win the NFC South. The Falcons are the favorite at even money. Then it's the Saints at 2-1. to one. Then it's the Bucs at plus 350 with the Panthers so far back, we don't even need to talk about them. But, you know, I think we know coming into this season, everybody kind of looked at this division and said, well, the Saints are the favorite, but they've certainly got holes in question marks, and we've seen that yeah. without, with looking at that offense. The Falcons, we know Desmond Ritter can be a liability. He has his moments, but let's be honest, he doesn't look like a franchise quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And then we got Tampa we look at this defense and you look at their some of the weapons they have on offense and maybe the run game now starts to improve a little bit is this bucks team a team that you look at and say they can still win this division this year
2: yeah no doubt i mean the buccaneers won it last year at eight and nine right and and that was with tom brady Uh, all three of the other nfc south teams finished one game behind at seven and ten i don't think this year is going to be any different i think maybe a nine and eight record wins the south but it's kind of a downtrodden division um, they're going to pad their stats against the AFC South, which is another downtrodden division, right? You have the Jaguars probably winning that, but the Titans are what they are. The Texans are a little bit better with C.J. Stroud. You know, the, the Colts, you know, we'll see. Uh, but uh, it's, it, it's a division that probably nine wins gets you the title. Maybe 10 if, if the ball bounces the right way. But, yeah, I think Tampa Bay is still in it. More, like, more than likely, they're going to have to steal a road win at Atlanta to kind of even out that loss. That was a winnable game on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium that they let slip through their hands. So they probably have to win in Atlanta. And I think if the, the Falcons win in Atlanta later this year, they'd probably win the division. If the Buccaneers end up stealing that, that road win – um, against the Falcons, then then they'll have a chance, but it's going to go down the wire like it did last year. Like you said, every team's in it, but the Panthers, I think it probably is a two-team race unless the Saints somehow find some magic with Derek Carr that they haven't found yet, but it's going to come down to the Falcons and Buccaneers more than likely, and I do see the Buccaneers, with their defense being stout pretty much all year so far, and I think it's going to continue. The offense is going to get better. I think as as they learn Dave Canales' system and, and he learns the, the offensive players, I wouldn't be surprised if this offense starts to catch fire around midseason, running the ball better. And um, they might be a more formidable team in December than they are in October.
1: You mentioned the Falcons game. I'm curious if anything was made on the Buccaneer side of Arthur Smith deciding to not mention that Bijan Robinson was fighting some sort of sickness.
2: No, I mean, I didn't hear anything from from the Tampa side of that uh, that's kind of like, hey, that's their business and they're going to get trouble with the league for violating protocol. You know, that's that's more on them. But, yeah, it certainly was curious. I'm up there in the press box watching the game, and Tyler Algiers is a capable back. I mean, he rushed for 100 yards against the Buccaneers in Week 18 last year when Tampa Bay pulled their starters at halftime. Tom Brady sat down because they already had the NFC South wrapped up, and the Falcons came back to beat the Buccaneers, right? I think that gave Desmond Ritter a little bit of confidence. And sure enough, Desmond Ritter, as a starter now, is 2-0 and against the Buccaneers. Um, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jameis Winston, uh, mm-hmm. the former Buccaneer quarterback, who had some talent but found a way to keep both teams in the game, right? And you, you saw that on Sunday. As good as Ritter was, and ultimately he made the throw to, to Kyle Pitts to get them in field goal range to win the game. You have to give him credit for that. But he had three red zone turnovers right by the goal line, right? And it's like that was Jameis Winston's, you know, calling here in Tampa, it's like he passed for 300 yards and three touchdowns, but he threw three interceptions, including a pick six, and they would lose the game. So, as much as he does for his own team, he keeps the other team in the game too with turnovers. And so, I just don't know if Desmond Ritter is going to be the guy in Atlanta. Um, he was good enough on Sunday to beat the Buccaneers, but we also saw the week earlier against the Commanders; those turnovers kept them from from beating you know the the Commanders. So it's going to be interesting. And this this game, you mentioned, too, with the Bills, right? The Bills look like gangbusters. Even though they lost in week one to the Jets, they destroyed the Raiders. Then they thrashed the Commanders, right? But then all of a sudden, these last couple games, they've only won one out of the last two games or one out of the last three, and they've had some bad losses. And the only victory they had was a narrow win against the bad Giants team at home. So which Bills team is going to show up on Thursday night? Great that's point. what I'm curious to see, because if it's going to be the Bills team that puts up 25 points or more, they're going to beat the Buccaneers because their offense isn't there yet. But if it's a team that doesn't score many points, then if it's a low-scoring game, the Bucks have a chance.
0: Scott, got about a minute left or so here. What's the team in the NFC right now that you just have the most confidence in?
2: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I guess the Eagles, right? I mean, with the 49ers kind of slipping bad over the last two weeks, um, and I did not expect the Lions to go in there and get throttled by the way that, that they yeah. did. I know they were missing some running backs, but, man, I didn't think the score would be that lopsided in Baltimore, right? Uh, so it's got to be the Eagles. I think the NFC is, is, is really there for the taking for anybody. It's going to be whichever team really catches fire and gets some momentum in December. Um, it might be the 49ers that they can rebound and get healthy again. Uh, it might be the Eagles if they stay healthy and just continue to kind of do enough to win. Um, if the Lions get their act together, they have the firepower where they can make some things happen. Their defense is pretty solid, but I don't see there being a juggernaut in the NFC. Maybe except for the Eagles, you know. And I just don't think they're even as dominant as they were last year. So it's it's really kind of a crazy time in the in the NFL because even the AFC, right, with Buffalo being the way they are, Kansas City is is good but they're not blowing teams out it, it kind of makes this fun because they're not it's not that one team just running away with it just when you think that the, you want to anoint the dolphins they get destroyed by buffalo right uh 40 yeah. to 20. so on any given sunday man and that's kind of what makes this league fun right
0: it is it is it is so true i mean there's a lot of parody without question in the nfl scott reynolds pewter report really appreciate his time fun. man great stuff Always a pleasure. Have a great week. And there he goes, yeah. Uh, it is. There's as much parody as you can imagine in the Fox NFL. Bucks are live this Thursday. I like it. BetMGM the night.
1: It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live.
2: the edge, Cousins throws, and it's taken away by Addison for the touchdown. He and Charverius Ward.
1: Let the conversation continue with BetMGM Tonight on the
0: BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Oh, reopening a lot of wounds for a lot of people, including Trista. Sorry about that. I had no control over that. uh, That was unnecessary roughness there. That was a a rough end to the first half in a game that the Vikings shocked everybody. Came out, won at home against the 49ers. 49ers back-to-back losses now. Brock Purdy taking a lot of the bullets, taking a lot of the criticism, which you kind of knew was going to be the case, right? You go into this, a lot of question marks still around Brock Purdy, a lot of excitement and a lot of potential that we've seen. But the last two weeks, the question has been, and as much as I love Brock, what have I said? I still do want to see him be the type of quarterback that can bring his team back when they're down. And we didn't see that last night. In fact, I think now in the Kyle Shanahan era, that's they're like foul. 0-36 when they're down eight or more in the fourth quarter of the 49ers. So, yeah,
1: t- I need T. I mean, if T-Dub's not there, I don't even assess Brock Purdy as a real person. You know, Trent Williams needs to be in the game.
0: And you know what? And that's a great point. It, it it certainly helps to have, I don't know, the guy that's one of the greatest left tackles of all mm-hmm. time protecting your blind side.
1: There we go. Hit that. Oh, bang, bang, KCP.
0: Nuggets up uh, 18-14 on the Lakers now. Six and a half point favorites. Live totals up to 236 and a half on that one.
1: Baby, come on now. I love this. 25 to one. If this hits, I am officially back. This is where I need (laughs) BetMGM to give me some free bets because if they would probably give me like a $50 free bet, I would absolutely put that on 25 to one. By the way, Terrell Furman's prop, Mm -hmm. I mean a prop parlay that was like one part total, one-part yeah. props, the one that paid uh, $1,300 off of a $25 bet, mm-hmm. and they it, the last leg was under 43 and a half, that bang-bang hit.
0: Good for him.
1: Yeah, he said he paid for drinks for the rest of the bar.
0: <laughs> Good for him. That
1: is just incredible. I say, uh, well, I wish, wish he would have just let me know that I should have done that.
0: You know? <laughs> right.
1: I would have tailed. I'm, I'm up for anything at this point.
0: Are you panicking over the 49ers at all, or you look at that as just it's a bump of the road for a really good team?
1: Yeah, I think it's just you're talking about a 17-game a season, and you're not going to win them all, and you're probably going probably to lose some games that you shouldn't, right? They're, the thing about the Niners is the games that they need to win, the ones that are, that are the gut check, hey, are you any good? Mm-hmm. Uh, are, like the Cowboys game, for example. They got up for that and they beat the hell out of my boys. So yeah, you lose the Browns, but multiple players end up getting injured in that game. Trent Williams being one, CMC being two. Debo now didn't play in the last game because he got hurt in that Browns game. So that that loss is, you know, that's an injury loss. And they had the ability to go and win that game off of a field goal that they missed. So that's a very explainable loss. You go into Minnesota, a team that's very desperate Team that was clicking offensively, you're out. Uh, you you missed your left tackle, like you said, one of the best of in the business of our generation, and you don't have Debo. You have the. Uh, there was just some misses, right? You end up with the fumble. um yep. kind of near the goal line. There were some self-inflicted wounds there. Miss
0: field goal on the next missed drive for the Forty Niners. Yeah, on the next yeah. drive.
1: So those were self-inflicted. So, no, I'm not really that worried about him. And, in fact, I think if the Niners played the Eagles, I I think the Niners on a neutral field would be probably a one-and-a-half-point
0: favorite. I think the one thing we know about the 49ers is that you've got a lot of talent and you've still got a lot of depth, but Brock Purdy's not the type of quarterback that's going to make – like, he's not going to elevate the talent around him. The talent around him is going to elevate him. Like, he's a good quarterback. Yes. And within right. that system – and it's also not wrong – To say that a quarterback is a system quarterback. I mean, a majority of quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. There's a few that you could drop in on any team and they make everybody better. Very few. And Patrick Mahomes is obviously the first one that comes to mind. And you're going to have a very short list. But... What we do know is it works where Brock Purdy is. But yes, if that team's not at full strength, they certainly don't have the same amount of weapons. You got a ton of Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's now plus four fifty to have the most rushing touchdown in the, in the NFL. Plus two twenty five most rushing yards. If you're looking at the futures market at all Only for him, plus.
1: That's plus money. So I'm surprised it it's plus not money. minus minus two hundred like it is for his touchdowns every single week. And
0: it's at some point the streak is going to end. But it's been 16 straight games. I saw somewhere Disgusting. where if you if you put a hundred dollars down like each week. On him to score a touchdown, you'd be up like $450,000 or something insane like that. We
1: well, have to double up every time. So you win, right. win 100 or win 90 off a 100. And then roll it bet, over and, and go back. And, it's yeah. the law of ex- exponential. Yep. Good old yeah. math school. Good I old know. math school.
0: A lot of math. A lot of math. But, yeah. I mean, at some point you expect that to end, but it just doesn't feel like that's going to be the case. Anytime soon, And we know, like, nobody needs to sit here and even have the – obviously, the odds have dropped now. It's not even – it shouldn't be a conversation. But when the Brock Purdy MVP whispers were there, when they started to see shorter odds for MVP, it was like, no, 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 no. If if you're going to get an MVP on the 49ers, it's not going to be Brock Purdy. It's always going to be Christian McCaffrey.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a weapon. He's dynamic. He, I think, is obviously the most important running back in the league right Mm -hmm. now. The only one that when healthy is kind of automatic every other running back I have questions about so Yeah, he's he's the thing he's the player that makes this team Elevate from really good to a Super Bowl contender. I mean they've had Eli Mitchell and Eli Mitchell was fine And they had Debo with Brandon Ayuk already there, but it was like You kind of downgraded the team based on their running game and now you upgrade the team based on their running game so Yeah, I I really, really, really like Christian McCaffrey. I don't feel like this Niners team is like we need to hold it against them at all. I think really, though, what we could say, because I was looking at that earlier today, is, you know, make or miss the playoffs. And the Vikings right now are plus 250 to make the playoffs. They're on the bubble. They're three and four. Yep. Big ass win against the Niners. The defense really is impressive to me. Their defense came to play. They're getting pressure on the quarterback at an elite level. I think Daniil Hunter has the most amount of sacks in the league so far this year. Uh, Offense was clicking in a way that I don't think either one of us expected without Justin Jefferson. I mean, you had Jordan Addison actually was the only bet that I won, over 113 receiving yards live. Uh, He ended up getting, what, 115, 116 yards, two touchdowns. Probably could add a third one. Hawkinson's been playing really well. Cousins had zero sacks last night. Uh, up against the defense, it's really good getting pressure. And listen, they're 27th in strength of schedule. So if you're looking for a bet based on what you saw last night, the bet to make is the Vikings to make the playoffs.
0: You start to feel like this is a team where they've heard the trade rumors and they decided that like, they like, want to yeah, keep no. this thing together, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, Cousins deserves credit for more than just... He's been really good. Like, this entire season, he has really carried this team, even to those three wins, with mm-hmm. really no-run game to speak of, and a defense that, at best, you can talk about, well, they blitz a lot, so there's that. Like, that's a positive for them. But he was 35 of 45, 378, two touchdowns. You mentioned not a single sack in that game. Best game of his career. And it was in primetime, stand-alone game against the San Francisco 49ers. Brock, or Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins can, at times, perform in primetime moments. Now, I know he's developed that reputation, and I know he doesn't have the strongest record there, but he's actually been better in Minnesota, and he deserves the credit for that. And now, look, if you were the Vikings and you still want to tear this thing down, which, by the way, I don't think they want to do at this point, seeing what they saw, Cousin Stock has never been higher if there's a team that was willing to trade. You probably could get a first-round pick for him, but I don't think they're going to move him. He also has a no-trade clause, so he's got to be okay with moving somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised, though. I mean, it's funny watching them both play last night. Kirk Cousins has a history with Kyle Shanahan. Kirk Cousins he with the 49ers. Really good in that. He would look Ooh. really
1: good in that offense. He would. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would show a, a big lack of faith in Brock Purdy to the point where you can maybe say that's a confidence killer. Mm-hmm. You can't have somebody starting. Oh, go ahead, KCP. Hit that, baby. Yes. Bang, bang. One and a half threes at him over as well. So we are, we are getting there. Five points for KCP. We just need... Three more points for our guy, and it's only the first quarter. That is such a
0: low number. Let's for him. go! Such Nikola a low Jokic number. is
1: going to screw me over. He only has one assist. One assist.
0: He's being selfish now. God He's like, dang. I'm done with the triple doubles. I'm done getting people involved.
1: He's like, why would I pass the ball when I'm going to carry this score? team? Nicole Jokic, ten points. Man, it's crazy. Really quickly to switch gears, it's crazy how fast Denver can score. Yep. People are people are really sleeping on them. I think they're so big. They're so athletic. They've got. No guy under what six seven that's in the starting lineups. I think KCP might be six six.
0: I think least six 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 seven, yeah. depending on where he's listed. Yeah, I've usually seen it around six seven. So yeah. yeah, they're big, they're long, and they've got. I mean they they're gonna have to play their starters a lot, right? I mean we've looked yeah. at that bench; it's not a very deep bench. At least with guys that you have confidence you in. No, yeah, it doesn't mean that one of these young players can't step up and no earn more name. minutes. But yeah, look, the Nuggets are a really really good team. Even though the Lakers had a better offseason, the Nuggets did lose Bruce Brown, but they still are the defending champions, and the core is still together. Yeah. Like, let's not forget that, and
1: let's not act like. And I know he's a broken man, uh, Reggie Jackson. He's a broken man, and we know that. Yeah, like, he was. It was a great story once he got to the Clippers. They rejuvenated him. He had some moments, and last year it was just ugly. And they traded him to Denver for who knows why, in the Bones Highland trade, right? So. Now, though, he's playing pretty well. He's uh, He just had a layup. He has two two quick points right when he comes into the game in the first quarter. So maybe he's the guy that steps in for Bruce Brown. He's not obviously as big as Bruce Brown. Maybe he's the guy who steps in.
0: Just to get, be a guy that at least gets some buckets off the bench, Yeah, right? exactly.
1: He can – I mean, they call him Mr. October for a reason. <laughs> they did. They called him and Mr. May or Mr. June or whatever they were, like, re- referring it to, you know, that little joke. So, yeah, he's had – some huge, huge moments as a clipper. So he's got the ability to to be kind of a six-man microwave off the bench. I don't know necessarily if I see it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen it in the past, right? Yeah, for sure. So, like, you know that it's there. We've seen him be, a, you know, one of the better six men in the NBA. And this is going to be an opportunity for him to really step up there. You're right. They're going to need it. Nuggets up 11, by the way. 29-18. Under three minutes to go in the first. Nuggets nine and a half point it's favorites. Live totals 231 and a half. So, yeah, I mean, I just... I will say this. I do hope this is a close game. I don't need any. Yeah, I mean, I also I have the Lakers plus five, so there, there's that. Yeah, but can we
1: just keep it close? Yeah, there's
0: nothing worse, though, than when you get, like, the start of the season right, and then it's just, like, one team looks prepared, one does, and you're like, oh, this is, like, Thursday night football. Great. Standalone game, and I got nothing.
1: D'Angelo Russell, 0 for 3.
0: Yeah. He is a roller coaster. Like, there's. Mm -hmm. He he added the three point shooting and the playmaking that they needed. No defense to speak of whatsoever, but, you know, that helped them at least stretch the floor and add that new dynamic offensively last year. And then in the playoffs, it was just.
1: Anthony Davis, not one rebound. Well.
0: Got a couple of blocks, though, I think, right? I saw at least one. uh, One block. The game one. Okay. So, well, maybe Defensive Player of the Year. Still do that.
1: I know. It's just game one.
0: I, yeah, I know. And that's the thing, too. We're going to sit it's and we're going to sit one. analyze and look at all this and be like, oh, wait, it is it is still game one of an 82-game schedule. So, there is there is that to think about. So, uh, Chris Miles is back. He's going to help yes, us get sir. ready for the start of the NBA season in six minutes. It's been MGM Tonight.